why are we here? Now, not why are we in this room. We're here because we're at EV Youth. But what's the point of life? Why are we on the planet? It's a big question. It's a huge question that I reckon you don't think about all the time. But when you do think about it, it really does start to trip you out when you think about it. Like, what the heck is the point of life? Seriously, think about life. You, you get up in the morning, you go to the, you go to the toilet, you have a shower, you brush your teeth, you eat some food, you go to school, you do some stuff, you come home, you watch a bit of TV, you get up the next morning, you have a shower, eat some food, you go to school, watch some TV, play some sport, go to bed, get up, do it again. And then sometimes on the weekend, instead of going to school, you just play a bit more sport and watch a bit more TV, go to sleep, get up and do it again. And then maybe when you finish school, things will be different, Right? Except they're not because you finish school and then you get up in the morning, you have a shower, eat some food, brush your teeth and then you go to work and come home and watch some TV, play some sport and you do that again and again and again. Maybe you'll go on some holidays sometimes, get up a little bit later, have a shower, eat some food, same kind of of thing. And then finally you retire and it's like, sweet, well, at least I don't have to do all that work stuff now, I retire. But you're like so old, so pretty much like a retired person, you get up, you have a shower, eat some food post a letter, go to sleep. And that's pretty much it. Now, what the heck is life all about? Seriously, what is the point of it all? Why do we even exist in the first place? That's a real question I reckon pretty much everyone in the world is asking. But that passage that Brent just read out for us in Ephesians has some real, solid, concrete answers to that question. Seriously answers that question. And here it is. Who wants to know why we're on the planet? Who wants to know what the point of it all is? There's a few of you who do. Here it is. To be blessed in Jesus for God's glory. That's actually the purpose of life. Now, being blessed just kind of means, I guess it's a funny word, but it means getting what's good from God in this context. Now, God's glory is hard to explain. To explain God's glory, it's a little bit like trying to explain to someone what beauty is. You know what I mean? Like we all know what beauty is when we see it. We see someone that's beautiful and we're like, they're beautiful. But imagine trying to explain to someone who'd never seen something beautiful what something beautiful was. You'd be like, it's like this thing and when you look at it, you're like, that's nice. But it's hard to explain. God's glory is like that. It's hard to explain. But the best I can do is this, all right? You ready? God's glory is like God's awesomeness. All right, so when someone sees God's glory, they see God's awesomeness, they get how awesome God is. And so here's what life is about. It's about being blessed in Jesus, that's the first point of this talk, and I'll show you that in the passage, for God's glory. That's pretty much where we're headed tonight, being blessed in Jesus for God's glory. And so first of all, let's look at that first thing in the passage there. We're on the planet to be blessed in Jesus. Check out verse 3. This pretty much summarizes the whole point. Verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's pretty much a summary of everything that Paul's about to say here. And so here's his point. Christians have been blessed. They have been given this awesome stuff by God and it's spirit, by God in Christ and their spiritual blessings. Here's the first lot of these spiritual blessings that Christians have. Verses 4 to 6, 
were blessed in the past in Jesus. Check out verses 4 to 6. This stuff's going to trip you out. Verse 4. Here's the blessings that have happened already in the past. For he chose us in him, in Jesus, when? Before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure of his will to the praise of his glorious grace. Now, guys, there's a lot of stuff in there, and I can't even unpack everything that that just says. But notice, first of all, that it says that before the creation of the world, God chose us. And then the words it uses there is actually says that he predestined us, so destined beforehand us to be adopted as God's children. Guys, get your head around this. Before you were born, before you even existed, God chose you to be his child. He chose you to be saved. Now, you guys are going to sit there and go, wait a second, wait a second. Didn't I choose God? Are you saying I didn't choose God? God chose me. Didn't I choose God? He did. He did choose you, but you chose him as well. So he chooses you first in eternity, and then later on you go on to choose him. You'll go, didn't I choose to put my trust in Jesus on the 23rd of April 2009 and yes you did choose that I got someone's Christian birthday there by the sounds of it you did choose that but only because first in eternity beforehand God chose you it's not that God chooses you so you don't choose him or you do choose God so God can't have chosen you the Bible says both it's both God chose you first and so you chose him as well both of those decisions are real And the end result of it is, guys, that because God chose you, if you're a Christian, you've been adopted now as God's son, which is huge. And so we're blessed in the past. But secondly, we're blessed right now in Jesus as well. So in the past, God chose to bless us, but he's blessed us now. Check out verses 7 and 8 in your Bibles. In him, in Jesus again, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. It says that in Jesus, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. Now, redemption is pretty simple, right? Redemption, who knows what redemption means? You guys tell me, what does it mean? Redemption means what? Kind of, it means to be set something free by paying for it. And so the end result for us, if we're redeemed by Jesus, is we're forgiven. But it means to be set free from something by paying for it. So, you know, in like TV shows and movies and stuff like that, when someone does something crazy, you know, the teenager's been naughty and they end up getting like arrested by the police and they put them in jail and then their parents have to come and they're like, you have to pay bail and then your kid can go free. You've seen that in movies and stuff, yeah? Basically, that's someone paying money so they can be set free. So it's like you're paying a bail so they can be redeemed out of jail. Jesus pays with his blood on the cross. And the result is that if you're a Christian, if you trust in him, you're redeemed. You're freed from God's anger at your sin. And so right now, if you're a Christian, you have been blessed hugely 
in Jesus because we've got redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. But not only that, not only were we blessed in the past when God chose us and we're blessed right now because Jesus has now redeemed us, we're actually going to be blessed in the future as well. Check out verses 9 and 10. Here's what's coming in the future. Verse 9. And, and he, that's God, made known to us the mystery of God's will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. Here's what's coming in the future. Here is where the world is headed. Verse 10. To be put into effect when the times had reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head. That is Jesus, even Jesus. That's a bit confusing, but what these verses are saying is in verse 9, that God has a secret plan for the world, a mystery that is his will for the world, that if you're a Christian, you actually know, because in verse 10, it tells you what God's plan for the world is. That in the end, everything is going to be brought together under Jesus, everything in heaven and on earth, in the whole world that's ever existed, everything will be under Jesus, and it will be praising him forever in heaven. Jesus will rule everything, he'll be at the center of everything, and if you're a Christian, you know where the world is headed, you know God's plan for the world as it's going to unfold. It's going to be everything under Jesus in heaven. And so before we look at the second point in this passage tonight, I'll ask you guys a question. (laughs) If you're not a Christian, are you prepared to miss out on the whole point of life? Because that's the claim of the Bible here. The claim of the Bible here is that the point of the whole world, the point of life, is knowing Jesus and in the end being in heaven with him forever and knowing him right now. So either the Bible's wrong, it's a lie, (laughs) or the whole world is actually about being blessed in Jesus, knowing him and being with him forever. So Christianity isn't like a lifestyle choice. It's not like you know, it's, you know, it's just one of those good things that make up a healthy lifestyle. You like soccer, I like Jesus. That's cool, we've both got our little thing. It's not like that. Christianity is either a lie or it's the whole point of your existence. And so guys, don't miss out on the whole point of life. <laughs> make sure you know, God, that you're in Jesus, you're a Christian, and that you're redeemed from your sin and you're going to spend forever with Jesus. But... If you are a Christian, if you do know Jesus, guys, you know the point of life. (laughs) You know why we're on the planet. That's awesome. So live knowing why you're here. It's awesome that you do that. Here's the second thing, though. We're on the planet to be blessed by Jesus. Here's the second thing I want you to see in this passage. For God's glory. See, you guys have, some of you guys will have grown up in Sunday school and EV kids and stuff like that. Now, if, if I was to ask you guys, why did Jesus die on the cross to save you? What would you pretty much all say? To go to, so, Jesus died on the cross to save us so we can go to heaven. Jesus died on the cross to save us because he loves us. They're all the kind of things that you guys will tell, tell us because we've been telling you that for your whole lives. It's in the Bible, you've read it, you've seen it. God loves you and Jesus died on the cross for you. But here's what I want you guys to catch tonight. That's not the whole picture. There's actually a reason behind the reason. And it's God's glory. 
Jesus died on the cross to save you for his glory, for God's glory, which is huge. Let me show it to you guys in this passage. Check it out. Starting in verse 3. Jesus died on the cross for God's glory. He saved you for God's glory. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realm and so on and so on. So he starts with praising God because he's done all this hectic stuff. And then in verses 4 and 5 and 6, he talks about all the things that God's done in the past. He chose us. He predestined us. He adopted us. Why did he do all those things? Why did he do all those things in the past? Look at verse 6 at the end there. He adopted us as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Here's why. To the praise of his glorious grace. To the praise of God's glorious grace. So first and foremost, this isn't about you being blessed. It's actually about God being praised because of his grace to you. Are you guys catching this? This is huge. Check out verse 12. Same sort of thing. In verse 12, it talks about, again, how Christians have been chosen. It says it there again. And and they're putting their hope in Jesus, but here's why. In order that we who are the first to hope in Jesus might be for the praise of his glory. So these people who are putting their hope in Jesus exist for the praise of God's glory. Again, verse 14, same exact thing. They're given the Holy Spirit, which is like a, a guarantee to Christians that all these blessings are theirs in Jesus. And all this is happening, verse 14, um, who is, they've got the Holy Spirit, a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And then in verse 10, at the very end there, like we already saw, the whole reason all this is happening and the whole thing that history is heading towards is that in the end, everything in this world and in this universe would be under Jesus in heaven brought together under him and so this life now isn't about you heaven won't be about you it's about Jesus and God's glory and so guys here's a huge thing that Ephesians 1 is screaming in your faces right now God has blessed you that's true but he's blessed you for his glory He's blessed you so that he will be praised. It's not about you. It's about God. This is big stuff. I guess one or two things are going on right now. This, you're getting this and this is just like wrinkling your brain or you're not getting it, you're not listening and you're missing a huge thing. But this is big. I'll give you an illustration. About 500 years ago, pretty much everyone in the world thought that the earth was at the center of our universe, right? So we've got this little tiny thing called the sun. It like rotates around the sky and gives us light. And they're like, yeah, we've got the earth. And then there's a little sun that circles around us, giving us energy. And there's a moon and, and, and everything kind of rotates around the world. That's what everyone thought. They thought that the world was at the center of the universe. 500 years ago, though, though uh, this dude up on the screen, he looks pretty creepy. This guy, Nicholas Copernicus, changed get rid of that picture because you guys are just losing it get rid of that picture Nicholas that dude changed everything right because what he did is he came along and he told everyone that no no I've worked it out you're actually wrong the earth (laughs) rotates around the sun the sun is at the center 
of our universe and these tiny little insignificant planets are rotating around it. And that's just one of many universes that exist. Now, the realisation that we are not at the centre of the universe became known as the the Copernican Revolution. The realisation that you are not at the centre of the universe. Now, guys, what you need to get from this passage... Can you guys over there be quiet, please? What you need to get from this passage is that you need to have a Copernican Revolution in your thinking about the world and your life. Because here it is. It's not like you exist and then you've got God kind of as a little part of your life that revolves around you. God's pretty sweet. I go to youth group. I also like television. There's another thing that revolves. No, no. God is at the center of the world and you revolve around him. You exist to bring God glory. Now, how does God do that? Well, it starts with him blessing us in Jesus. And in doing that, he begins to bring himself glory through us as he saves us, this people that he saves for himself. And he continues to bring himself glory as we go on to live our lives for him. And so what's that going to look like? Two little pieces of application, then we're done. But how do we live our lives for God's glory? First of all, a small thing, but an important thing still. It's not all of it, but it's important. To begin with, we bring God God glory as we praise Him simply with our voices. That's what we're doing when in like 10 minutes time when we're going to come in here and we're going to be singing and we'll be praying together and doing those kind of things. We're praising God with our voices. We're telling the person next to us and the world around us how great God is. And singing is a fantastic way to do that. And so, guys, understand this. When we sing on a Friday night and when we gather together and do these things and say these things out loud, these incredible words, it's not some rock show that we do before we then get on and do the important stuff of looking at the Bible. That's not what it is. It's not a concert. It's us gathering together to praise God with our voices and tell the world how good God is. And so, guys, if you're not a Christian, that's cool. I'd, I'd ask you to at least, though, be respectful of what we're doing there and not kind of annoy everyone else in the room. If you are a Christian, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> if you are a Christian, don't muck around. Don't ignore what's going on. Don't stand there and just say a bunch of lyrics on the screen because everyone else around you is saying it. If you are a Christian, engage with what we're doing. Praise God for who he is with your voice. Bring God glory through doing that. Secondly, though, and much more importantly, although that last thing is still very important, but this is even more important, we glorify God with our whole lives when we live in a way that shows everyone around us how good God is. So every little aspect of our life is actually an opportunity to show the world how good God is by the way we live our life. And so this is going to happen, guys, as you fight sin in your life and obey God. That's you showing the world how good God is. It'll happen when you tell people about God, when you tell people about Jesus and they come to know him and trust in him. That brings him glory. It'll happen if you serve God in ministry here at EVU for anywhere else as you kind of do life and serve God's people and serve God in ministry. That brings glory to him. It'll happen in every little decision that you make in life. As you make your decisions, you can ask yourself the question, 
is this decision going to bring, what, what decision will bring God the most glory? And if you do that, you'll be glorifying God as you make decisions. It'll happen at school, at home, in your relationships. <coughs> in every single thing you do, you have an opportunity to either drag God's mud through the name or glorify God. And guys, you've just heard, heard the point of ex- your existence. You've heard the reason you're on the planet. It is huge stuff. My prayer is that we'd live like that's the case. And so I'm going to pray now and then we're going to talk about what this might mean more in your lives, in your G-teams. But let's pray because it's big stuff. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for Jesus and thank you that in him we have every spiritual blessing. Thank you that you chose us before we even existed. Thank you that you've redeemed us by Jesus' blood and thank you that one day together all things will be under Jesus in heaven. And Lord, that's an amazing thing that you've done. And Lord, we want to ask that our whole lives and everything that we do would be bringing you glory because Lord, you are at the center of the universe. Please forgive us for all the times when we live like we're at the center of the universe. And Lord, I pray for those of us here, Lord, who don't know you, that they wouldn't go through life endlessly without purpose and without meaning, that they'd come to know the meaning that is found in, in knowing you. Amen.